book six chapters thirteen through fifteen of of the love of god by saint francis de sales translated by h l sidney lear this librivox recording is in the public domain book six the practice of holy love in prayer and meditation chapter thirteen the wound of love all such expressions are borrowed from the similitude we find between the heart's affections and the passions of the body sadness fear hope hate and the like affections of the soul do not enter the heart save as they are drawn in by love we do not hate evil save because it is opposed to that good which we love we fear a future evil only because it will deprive us of that good however great an evil we only hate it in proportion to our value for its opponent good he who cares not deeply for the welfare of his country will be indifferent to its ruin neither will he who loves not god truly hate sin sincerely love is the first and chief principle of all passions and so it first finds entrance in the heart and inasmuch as it penetrates and pierces to the very depths of the will where it reigns we say that love wounds the heart love is sharp and penetrates the inmost recesses of the mind other affections may enter in but only by means of love which pierces and opens a way for them only the point of the dart wounds all that follows does but increase the wound and the smart that which wounds gives pain st gregory says that the pomegranate with its bright hue its serried rows of seeds and its crown is a fit emblem of holy love red with ardent love to god full of all manner of virtues and crowned with an eternal reward but the juice of the pomegranate grateful as it is to all is so mixed up of bitter and sweet that one can scarce say what it is which pleases the taste and even so love is bitter sweet and while in this world we shall find no joy wholly sweet because none is perfect or thoroughly satisfying although sharpness and sweetness are so blended as to cause us infinite delight how can these things be verily we have all seen a youth enter society vigorous and free who in his heedlessness is captured before he goes forth by love disguised beneath the glance of some frail foolish being whose shafts have touched his heart and he becomes sorrowful and sad wherefore because he is wounded but who has wounded him love yet if love be the offspring of delight how can it wound and pain because sometimes the loved one is absent and then love wounds the heart with longings and these when unsatisfied grievously torment the mind if a child is stung by a bee it is vain to tell it that the bee which has made the wound 
makes likewise that luscious honey which pleases its palate the honey is very sweet he will reply but this sting hurts and my face is swollen assuredly love is a delight and in so far acceptable provided it does not leave behind the sting of desire and when that remains pain must exist assuredly there is somewhat soothing in the smarting which comes of love listen to the outcries of the royal lover my soul is a thirst for god yea even for the living god when shall i come to appear before the presence of god my tears have been my meat day and night while they daily say unto me where is now thy god psalm forty two verses two and three and the bride of the canicle says i charge you o daughters of jerusalem if ye find my beloved that ye tell him that i am sick of love canticle chapter five verse eight hope deferred maketh the heart sick proverb thirteen verse twelve there are various wounds of love its first shafts we call wounds because the heart which seemed whole and healthy before begins so soon as it is struck to break up and flow over to the beloved object and such separation cannot be painless since the very essence of pain is the division of living parts one from the other then desire continually pricks and wounds the heart which experiences it but in divine love there is a special wound which god sometimes inflicts himself upon the heart he designs to perfect to such he gives intense longings and cravings after his matchless goodness until the heart bounds vehemently towards him when forced to stop short and unable to love as it fain would do it suffers proportionately while so powerfully drawn to take wing it is as powerfully withheld by the infirmities of this mortal life and its own frailty it longs for the wings of a dove that it may win rest but finds them not thus it is distracted between the impulses of love and its own powerlessness o wretched man that i am one thus tried exclaimed who shall deliver me from the body of this death romans chapter seven verse twenty four here you will observe the wound is not a desire for that which is absent for the soul feels its god present and already possesses him he has already brought it to his banqueting house and his banner over it is love canticle chapter two verse four but though already conqueror he further lets fly endless shafts of love displaying in a succession of loving ways how great his grace is and the soul unable to mount up whither it would attain and seeing how contemptible all its efforts are in proportion to that love it would fain duly return is distracted with pain for every futile effort to rise higher is a fresh pang the heart which craves after an infinite love 
realizes its incapacity to love or long enough and this unsuccessful craving is as a barbed arrow in the generous soul while yet its very pain is sweet because he who longs to love is glad to long and would indeed be most miserable if he ceased to crave continually for that which is to be loved beyond all things longing to love he suffers but loving to long he rejoices the very blessed in paradise beholding the infinite beauty of god would faint and fail from longing to love him more if his most holy will did not fill them with his own sweet rest but they love his sovereign will so entirely that theirs is wholly merged in it and they rest content in his content willing to submit to the limit love puts to love were it not so their love would be alike delicious and poignant delicious in the possession of so great a gift poignant in the intensity of desire for more thus god in his wisdom sends perpetual shafts into the heart of those who love him to teach them that they do not love him nearly so much as he deserves to be loved and be sure that the man who does not crave to love god more does not as yet love him well enough there is no enough and he who would stop short in what he has attained has attained but little be sure chapter fourteen some other ways in which holy love wounds the heart nothing so wounds the loving heart as beholding another heart wounded by love for it the pelican makes her nest on the ground so that her chicks are often bitten by serpents then the mother bird with instinctive surgery pricks her young with her beak to let the venom forth with their blood and to get rid of all the venom she lets all their blood flow and so the brood perishes but when she sees them dead she pierces her own body and pours out her own blood upon them and restores them to a better life her love wounded them and by that same love she wounds herself we can never wound any heart with love without being forthwith wounded ourselves so when the soul beholds its god pierced with love for it it cannot fail to be pierced itself thou hast ravished my heart says the divine bridegroom canticle chapter four verse nine tell ye my beloved that i am sick of love canticle chapter five verse eight when a bee stings it always dies even so look upon the saviour of souls wounded for love of us unto the death of the cross and how can ye not be wounded for love of him and that with a wound more sorely loving than his was lovingly sore forasmuch as we can never love him in proportion to what his love and death demand there is another wound of love when the soul is conscious of loving its god and yet he treats it as though he did not recognize or mistrusted that love 
the merest shadow of such a trial is well-nigh insupportable to a loving soul thus saint peter was brimming over with love when the lord asked lovest thou me more than these he saith unto him yea lord thou knowest that i love thee he saith to him again the second time lovest thou me yea lord thou knowest that i love thee and then in order to prove him once more the lord asked lovest thou me o oh, dear lord how sharply dost thou wound that grieving heart which cries out in sorrowing love lord thou knowest all things thou knowest that i love thee john chapter twenty one one suffering from possession was being exercised in the presence of saint catherine of genoa when on bidding the evil spirit tell his name he replied that he was the wretch that had lost love whereupon the saint well nigh swooned at the thought for just as evil spirits so abhor divine love that they tremble at the name of jesus or the sign of the cross so those who greatly love the lord tremble at any sight or sound implying the deprivation of that holy love st peter knew well that our lord knowing all things could not fail to know his love but inasmuch as the repeated query lovest thou me implied mistrust he was sorely grieved verily he who knows it would rather perish than offend god yet is devoid of any spark of fervor and only feels the chilling numbing sense of his own imperfections he is deeply wounded for his love mourns because god makes as though he saw not that love and he feels as though god reproached him for that coldness and those imperfections yet all the while be sure he would not fear to be counted loveless he did not really love sometimes the wound comes merely from a remembrance of the time when we did not love god oh how late have i learned to love thee divine beauty ever new and ever old exclaimed saint augustine that past life without god is abhorrent to him who has at length learned to adore god's sovereign goodness and love sometimes too love wounds the soul with the mere recollection of the multitudes who despise god's love as david when he cried out my zeal hath even consumed me because mine enemies have forgotten thy words psalm 119 verse 139 and saint francis being as he thought alone was heard sobbing so piteously that one hearing hurried to his succour and finding him alone asked why criest thou out thus to which the answer came i wept to think how great things our lord bore for love of us and no man heeds it whereupon he began to weep anew and the other to weep with him yet be the wounds what they may one thing is notable namely that their pain is acceptable and all those who bear it do so willingly and would not change that sorrow 
for all earthly joys there is no bitterness in love or at least it is a cherished bitterness a seraph once cast a golden dart with a point as a flame into the heart of saint teresa who when he would have withdrawn it felt as though she were being torn asunder so sharp was the pain and yet so sweet that she would fain have borne it for ever and similar was the dart of love which god winged at the heart of saint catherine of genoa in the beginning of her conversion whereby she became as one dead to the world and all created things living only to her creator the beloved one is truly a bundle of myrrh and the bundle of myrrh is the beloved who lies ever in the breast of the loving soul best beloved among all created things chapter fifteen the loving weakness of the soul wounded by love it is a recognized fact that earthly love will not merely pierce the heart but make the body sick unto death and that because just as physical passion and temperament greatly influence the soul so the soul's affections have great power over the body and beyond that ardent love drives the soul so forcibly towards the object of its affection and so engrosses it that it falls short in all else whether sensitive or intellectual so that by reason of that love the soul neglects all other objects itself included plato says that love is poor ragged miserable homeless poor because it leaves all for the object of its love homeless because it goes forth to follow that object pale and miserable because it forgets to eat drink or sleep ragged and bare because it casts aside everything to clothe itself with the beloved one it lies like a beggar at the door ever watching the eyes and lips of that beloved begging so to say one scrap of notice and ever poor because if it were once satiated it would cease to be ardent and so cease to be love of course plato speaks only of the poor worthless love which worldlings bear but it is just the same with heavenly love listen to what one of the first teachers of angelic love has said even unto this present hour we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling-place we are made as the filth of the world and are the off-scouring of all things unto this day one corinthians chapter four verses eleven and thirteen as though he said we are so abject that if the world be a palace we are as its dust if the world be a fruit we are as its rind but what save love had made them thus it was love which caused st francis to kneel bare before his bishop and to die on the naked earth it was love which caused him to be a beggar all his life it was love which drove st francis xavier forth amid poverty and nakedness to convert the indies 
it was love which reduced saint carlo borromeo archbishop of milan to such poverty amid the wealth belonging to his birth and position that as a great orator tells us he was as a dog in his master's house eating naught save a crust of bread drinking water only and sleeping on a handful of straw listen to the bride of the canticles how she exclaims that all beautiful as she is by reason of the bridegroom's favor yet she is black by reason of the wounds of love look not upon me because i am black because the sun hath looked upon me rays of love so penetrating and scorching that they consumed her love makes her mother's children angry with her she princess though she be is as a humble vine-dresser unable to keep her own vineyard yes verily when the wounds of love are many and sharp they cause us to faint and fail with the gracious sickness of love who can describe the loving maladies of saint catherine of siena or her of genoa saint angela di foligny saint christina saint teresa saint bernard or saint francis whose life was so to say one long swoon of love and who received from his dear lord the precious marks of his passion in the stigmata many a time i have pondered that marvel and with this result i believe that that great servant of god angelic as he was beholding the living image of his crucified lord as shown him by an angel of light was moved beyond all we can imagine with love and tenderness at that glorious sight on which the angels cannot fitly gaze while on the other hand beholding the wounds of that dear lord he felt the sword which had pierced the blessed virgin's soul even as though he were literally crucified with his master and surely if a picture of abraham about to sacrifice his son painted by a mere man could cause saint gregory of nyssa to weep every time he looked thereon how great might saint francis's emotion well be on beholding the representation of the saviour's sacrifice traced by an angel's hand thus that loving soul melting with pity and tenderness was well prepared to receive the stamp of his beloved in love and sorrow his memory was steeped in that sorrow his imagination was filled with its details his understanding accepted them while love disposed all the faculties of his will to entire conformity with the passion and so the empire of the soul over the body became so urgent that it stamped the impression of the saviour's wounds on the corresponding members of his adoring servant love knows how to quicken imagination till it pierces through and through and love sharpened the interior sufferings of that most loving saint until they pierced to the surface and his body bore the marks of that same sorrow which had wounded his heart yet that inner love could not actually pierce the flesh and therefore the seraphim 
casting the rays of his burning brightness on the saint actually marked on his outer members those wounds which love had printed inwardly on his soul making it a very crucifix even so we read how when the prophet isaiah knew not how to speak the lord's message one of the seraphim flew to him and with a live coal touched his lips thereby purifying and strengthening him isaiah chapter six myrrh oozes forth from its parent stem as a gum but to obtain the produce there must be incisions duly made even so divine love continually transpired through saint francis's life but to bring forth its full abundance there needed the seraphim to pierce and wound him and that we might know those wounds to be of heaven they were made not with steel but with rays of light verily they were wounds of love and all the rest of his days the saint went softly as one dying of love the blessed philip neri when twenty-four was so physically affected by divine love that the enlargement of his heart caused a fracture in his ribs and saint stanislaus kotzka when only fourteen was one to faint under the pressure of his love for his lord so that it was needful to lay cold bandages upon his breast to still its burning heat how indeed should the soul which has once tasted the sweetness of divine love bear to live on amid this miserable world without a continual pain and longing st francis xavier used to be heard crying out enough lord enough and asking that so great an outflow of sweetness might take him to paradise for it was too much to bear on earth if god grants a free outpour of his divine blessings to the soul and then holds his hand it is sore wounded by the privation and cries out with david when shall i come to appear before the presence of god psalm forty two verse two or with saint paul o wretched man that i am who shall deliver me from the body of this death romans chapter seven verse twenty four end of book six chapter fifteen